Hey there, folks. Rob Hessler here with another episode of Art on the Air, my weekly Savannah Morning News special. As always, I appreciate you tuning in and joining us this week, and it is going to be a good one. I spoke with Sharana Ray, otherwise known as Ronnie, all about her and her artwork and her role in FAAA the Friends of African American Arts. It was a really interesting conversation. Sharana's work is, well, it looks like desserts. It is this beautiful dessert artwork, which on the surface might seem visually pleasing, but what's really cool is the deep and profound reason why she is making dessert art. So I can't wait to share that interview with you so that way she can tell you all about it. Wanted to mention, as always, you can catch past episodes of Art on the Air and my corresponding Art Off the Air column right here at savannahnow.com in the entertainment section. I've recently had the opportunity to speak with some folks like Betsy Kane, Michael Mahaffey, and Ioli Mulali. Lots of great artists, artists that you're going to want to learn all about, and you can do so at savannahnow.com in the entertainment section. But let's get into this week's interview. Sharana Ray talking about her artwork, her role in the FAAA group, and how the death of someone close to her influenced her artwork. Enjoy. Rob Hessler here with Art on the Air, and I am speaking by Zoom with Sharana Ray, also known as Ronnie, and you might have seen Ronnie's work at Ronnie's World of Art on Instagram and also Ronnie's World of Art on Facebook, and her website is SharanaRay.com. Welcome, Sharana. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. I really appreciate you coming on with me today. Yes, thank you for having me. So this is funny because I... We have a mutual friend, uh, Calvin Woodham, and I know Calvin was actually on your your thesis, like he helped you with your thesis. He told me about that. But Calvin is a master at self-promotion, but he's also really good at promoting other artists. And a couple of months ago, he sent me a message. Have you seen Sharana Ray's artwork and he sent me your Instagram he sent me your website he always does this stuff to me like he always and and Calvin and I have been friends for a really long time so I'm like I always check out his stuff and I actually had seen your work because I saw it at the show that you did at over at Cedar House Gallery 28 now I didn't go for the opening reception but I but I I saw it and I, I kind of want to dive into this because I find your work to be fascinating so sort of the main body of work that you're working on right now is you're creating artistic desserts. I mean, that's sort of the way to put them. And people might be like, well, artistic desserts. But what I found really interesting is how profoundly personal the reason behind going into that work is. So for our listeners out there, what kind of got you started in working at working on like dessert art and sort of how that relates to the story of the passing of your brother a couple of years ago? Yes. So this may sound cliche, but Dessert spelled backwards is stress. <laughs> and um, I was actually going through like a really challenging season in my life. And um, from like being fresh out of college, figuring out what I'm going to do, to dealing with 
the loss of my brother. As you mentioned, he, well, while he was still alive, he was battling ALS and uh, ALS causes muscle dystrophy. And so he had been athletic, healthy all of his life. And it wasn't until his late thirties that he started showing signs. And so, um, I'm here in Savannah and my family's like three hours away. So I'm mm. feeling kind of isolated while all of this stuff is going on, wanting to be there while simultaneously like figuring out my life here as well, being out of college and, and so comfort food <laughs> right. um, it's brought me a lot of comfort during um, a very stressful time in my life. And eventually like his health declined even further and the summer of 2020 that's when he passed away that July and I just remember like craving a lot of cotton candy and I literally like (laughs) it's it's crazy but um, I remember hearing the news of his passing and I literally went to my bedroom grabbed a pillow and I started tearing it open and experimenting with the fibers and experimenting with paint. You know, how can I, I have this craving at like two in the morning, I'm hearing this news from my mother and I'm like, I need to paint. I I need to paint. I can't sleep. Um, I am too distressed to hit the road at this very moment. I just want to paint. And so uh, immediately like that became an outlet for me being able to uh, transform like my appetite into like this body of artwork. And so um, even now, like I have favorite spots in Savannah that I like to hit up um, <laughs> when, um, when like so much is going on, uh, when I'm experiencing a bit of stress, it's probably not the healthiest thing to do. Oh, no, no, but- no. I'm a dessert guy. And I need you to tell me some of these places. So what are some of the places you like to hit up for, you know, for stress stuff like this? Yes, I love to go to Sweet Sarays by Nicole. She opened up this summer. Um, her shop is off of Waters and Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, everything is so good. <laughs> yeah, we went, um, my wife and I went there. It's in that little shopping center there. My wife and I went there recently and got, I, I know we got, I think red some red velvet cake that they had and they, first of all they were just so nice and like i really personable really chatty uh, so that's yes. a good spot yes for sure for sure and then um i love to hit up unforgettable sweets mm-hmm. shout out to her oh my gosh those are definitely <laughs> like my top two spots for sure and i know um i believe it's the peach cobbler peach cobbler factory or it's just opened up right yes mm-hmm. i'm like i want to get down there too <laughs> <laughs> see this is so interesting to me because like i love there's um there's like a celebration a joy i mean i know that there's some negativity associated with like overeating and diabetes and you know we can kind of delve into that if we want but i also think that like you know you're talking about this experience you know, with your brother, but you're laughing. And, and like, I just, I personally, you know, when I think about people who I've been very close with, you know, who have passed, like, I want to laugh when I think about them. I want to be in a, 
I mean, it's sad that they're gone, but I also want to have like this sort of positivity when I associate myself with them. So I think it's really interesting because I think it would be really easy for people to just be like cotton candy artwork or you did, you're doing this series of blueberry pie stuff right now, which is just totally succulent. I want to talk about that as well, but they might be just like, oh, what is this? But it's actually like, it's a really interesting way to kind of flip the script in a way on how we deal with like tragedy in our lives. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like I could see my brother like laughing right now at me, like this girl that went and ripped open her pillows. <laughs> but um, and my brother was he was like so he was such a comedian, like he knew how to make everybody laugh. So it's just like and even and that was the most admirable thing about him, like even as his health was declining. Like he was still making us laugh, you know? Um, I just admire that so much about him. And so I feel like, you know, if he's the one who's actually going through the illness and he can still find joy, then there's really no excuse for us to like not find something positive in life, you know? And I mean, I'm not saying like you shouldn't acknowledge like your, your more um, deeper feelings of like anger or grief is important to acknowledge like the heavier emotions we go through. But I also think it's important to bounce back from that too. So yeah, for sure. Really well put. I want to kind of shift gears a little bit here because I we're doing this interview and you're at your, and I know you're an elementary school teacher, an art teacher for elementary school. And I think that that kind of positivity is really interesting. And I, I wonder, I mean, it kind of feels like this is your personality too, is to sort of look on that right side of things in a way. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, my school is actually like Title One, And so, you know, a lot of kids are coming from like different backgrounds and, you know, like they're experiencing different things, different hardships at home. And so, I mean, in general, like we've been living through a pandemic and right. it's been challenging for a lot of us. And so, you know, as children, they're still learning how to process those difficult emotions um, that may have stemmed from certain circumstances that they're facing. And like, as a new teacher, like I try my best to let art be an outlet for them, you know, whatever you may be feeling like, let's process it on paper, like let's process it through our lessons and our activities. And um, yeah. If you're just joining us, I wanted to mention that we're speaking with Sharana Ray and you can find her at Ronnie's World of Art. That's R-O-N-N-I-E-S W-O-R-L-D of art on Instagram and also Ronnie's World of Art on Facebook. I want to talk a little bit about the construction of your pieces because you were talking about you're ripping apart this, this pillow and you're like, I got, I want to paint. Those two things don't sound like they would be connected. And for people who are not familiar with your work, they might be like, what is she talking about ripping apart a pillow and doing a painting? But your works, I feel like they're sculptures. I mean, the relief sculptures, really, I mean, in a lot of ways. So kind of explain your process. Where did that come from? And how do you put these pieces together? I mentioned, of course, you got the blueberry series right now. You're doing these, they're like these blueberry pie pieces, and they are so three-dimensional. 
So how do you kind of, how is, where's your process come from and sort of how do you engage with that? Yes. So I will even like bring it all the way back to undergrad. Shout out to Savannah State, my alma mater. Um, I earned my degree in visual arts, uh, visual art from there. And I remember in like our foundational courses, like drawing one and drawing two, how we would look at still life objects and um, you would want to get a realistic depiction of the objects that you're drawing. And so when it came down to desserts, you know, not only was I consuming them, but I would also just be really fascinated mm. with the texture, the frostings, the fluidity of ice cream as it drips or melts. Um, I was like really intrigued by that. And so um, I enjoy seeing how, like, how can I get my painting to resemble the actual dessert entree? And so um, with the cotton candy, I felt so heavy um, or like my emotions, like I felt so heavy when I like learned the news that Shannon wasn't with us anymore. And so it became, and it was initially like an experimental process where like I'm mixing my acrylics with certain glues or certain binders uh -huh. and, and then like I would have the fibers from the pillow and I'm basically just piling on layers at a time, letting it dry and then coming back to it and then working on the process again. So it was just a, a process of adding a layer, letting it dry, then coming back to it. And that's kind of that's kind of my process with emotions as well. Like I'll mm. think about something and I'm like, okay, you know, like time out, <laughs> go do something else and then process again. So it's interesting to me how like the creative process and my thought process are kind of the same regarding those layers. But yeah. I love that. I love your description of trying to depict everything from when you're looking at the desserts. Cause I, I, you know, you got the blueberry series and I think of like blueberry or cherry pie and the way that the like gooey and that the texture of the fruit and how it comes out and it's got that sheen to it. It's kind of unlike most foods, you know, that we eat. And it's just, it is, it's like, it, you really want to eat it. You know what I mean? Like you see it and it's, it's like, um, it's just kind of like you said, you were talking about ice cream and it like, pouring out like going like uh that's the way I, it's it's and i think you're you really do a great job of capturing that in your work and it really makes it yeah i was looking at your blueberry pieces before this interview just earlier today and i was like man i really want a piece of blueberry pie <laughs> thank you and like those that particular collection like with each collection that i decide to do um, it often goes back to like certain moments I've had with people, the, the pie in particular, the blueberry pie, um, that would be something I also have a, a strawberry cheesecake collection, but those two desserts mm. were something like when my brother, um, when he was in his last days, um, we would like binge watch things on Netflix, um, whenever I would go home to see him. And we wouldn't watch Netflix for hours and we were eating blueberry pie. Um, sometimes we would eat strawberry cheesecake and 
we would just watch things on Netflix or Hulu, whatever streaming service. And we would just talk about life. And those are like some of my most cherished conversations with him. And I just remember like with each bite, like just because with with ALS, like with knowing that it's terminal, it, it's just, it was such a heavy thing for me to process mm-hmm. because it's like, there's going to come a time. It's that anticipation of knowing like there's going to come a time where he'll no longer be here with me. And so like, not only was I like savoring every moment, like every bite that I took, like I was savoring the moments as well with him. And so I just, I remember all of that so vividly, just the each scoop of pie that I would eat and the conversations I would have with him and him pushing me to put my art out there. Cause back Mm. then I feel like I was super reserved with um, sharing my art, but, um, but yeah, so the blueberry pie comes from a really special place. Um, But yeah. How powerful. That's so powerful. I love that. I love that story. I want to shift gears a little bit here because in addition to your artwork, you're also very much involved in our local art community as a board member for FAA, Friends of African-American Artists. Art. Our, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I know that you, let's see here, I want to get your title just right. Your second vice chair, chair of programming. So talk a little bit about that, if you could, you know, your involvement in, in that group, how you kind of got involved and why that's important to you. Yes, yes. So, Oh, gosh, this warms my heart as well. So FAAA, so it all started my senior year at Savannah State. Um, They came and did like this roundtable discussion with us. And that's also how I met Calvin. And I just remember sitting there thinking like, wow. And we were literally sitting in a circle because I know like not all roundtable discussions like involve that city format. But I think that made it more intimate of an experience to just be able to look around at all of these artistic figures in the community. And they look like me because where I'm from, I'm from Cordell, Georgia, small town when I was south of Macon. And I didn't see a lot of people who looked like me who shared the interests of me growing up. And so to me, other like BIPOC artists, I was just like, whoa, like I want to be a part of this too. And so um, from then on out, like I, and Calvin always says, you know, get your foot in the door. <laughs> oh my God, that guy has his foot in. I don't even, he has a lot of feet. <laughs> just yeah, saying right? that. A lot. And so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna look into joining. And I'm so glad that I did. Um, From then on out, like, I just became a part of this group. And a lot of like the members are like good friends of mine. Some of them are like family to me. And so um, it's just been like, it's been Gucci ever since, you know, it's been a wonderful experience. And then like flash forward, to now I'm on the board and I actually like even though uh, my artwork is in shows kind of like you you have different roles in the art community with our upcoming exhibition I had the chance to like work behind the scenes and have 
more of a curatorial role uh, with our upcoming exhibition at Savannah State. So that's been really, that's been really fun to like get a, gain a different perspective and gain mm -hmm. a different experience on what it's like to uh, put together something wonderful. So yeah. I want to read you a quote that Calvin sent me because I, I asked him some questions to kind of I don't know, just add a little extra to this particular interview, because I think what FAAA is doing is really important in our community. And I think it's done, especially it's been building to, I know that membership was at the highest it's ever been right now, which is really incredible. So I want to read this quote to you because one of the things I think is interesting is that um, particularly people of color are underrepresented, underrepresented in galleries and museums in the United States and around the world, but particularly black women are, are really criminally underrepresented. And Calvin sent me, and I kind of asked him a little bit about that. And Calvin sent me this wonderful quote, and I kind of want to get your perspective on it, but I want to read you this quote really quick. He said, I wanted to, he said, I wanted to remind people that there aren't any more excuses to African-Americans. You've got to enter, you've got to ask, you've got to participate. And to any other race, you've got to invite us. You've got to include us purposefully You've got to want us, and that is vice versa as well. It goes both ways. I always put most of the responsibility on the minority. If you don't like it, do something about it. If you don't like your circumstances, you must change it. And I thought that was really profound of him to say that. And I think one of the things that's interesting, too, is that, you know, we're talking about FAAA, and it's a predominantly African-American organization, but actually there are white members. I would actually join, and Calvin's always trying to get me to join, but I want to write about you guys, and I feel like there's a bit of a conflict of interest there if I'm a member and I'm, like, writing about the organization as well. But I'd love to get your take on that because you are young artists of color and you're doing something really unique and interesting. And I think that you're coming into a place where there is still a divide between white artists and artists of color, a divide that, I mean, I, on a personal level, I'm sort of hoping that we can kind of overcome, but that I know that FAAA is really working hard to overcome in a real um, substantive way. Yes, yes. So that is definitely a powerful statement. And it always just, it feels like a ball drops, you know, um, because representation absolutely matters. Again, like what um, when I, my, like my reasons for joining, I, I didn't see enough people who like look like me. And so um, he mentioned it going both ways. And I absolutely agree. Um, there's an old time saying, closed mouths don't get fed. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think it's important. And that actually relates to my dessert art. But I anyway, know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it's true, you know, like you can't expect for people to seek you like you have to seek the opportunities as well like you have to be willing to put yourself out there and share with the world like hey this is what I do this is why I do it and I should be a part of this and you know it goes the other way around you know like 
switch up the status quo. You know, there's more out there. There's more experiences happening and there's more people depicting those experiences mm -hmm. and they deserve us to take up space and to be represented. So I, that's definitely powerful. Like, I feel like I'm on my soapbox right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I mean, you know, this is an opportunity for you to say your piece. So I appreciate it. You know, I want to wrap this interview up now, Sharana. And before we do that, I've mentioned your your website and your Instagram a couple of times. But for it's better coming from you. How is the best way for people if they want to find out what you're up to, what you're doing? What's the best way for people to do that? I would say the best way is Instagram. Instagram. I tend to like post a lot of my updates on there. And I also try to um, make sure my website is updated as well. And um, I know you mentioned SharonaRay.com. And since I like later on, I developed SharonaRay.com in college. But then once I came up with Ronnie's world of art. I also have um, the address for that. So either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, either, either one. Website, right. Yeah, I should mention that. Mm -hmm. Either website will take you to um, my website. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but definitely Instagram, Ronnie's world of art. Well, Sharana, I really appreciate you coming on today for your candor and for sharing all of the things that you've got going on with your art. Thanks for coming on Art on the Air. Thank you for having me. <laughs> That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at WRUU.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air.